Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. California, ever the squeaky will, has moved to ban gas-powered vehicle sales in the state after 2035. Many other states are following that lead, including some of Utah's neighbors. But could that move leave us at the mercy of China? And does government meddling in free markets always end in disaster, or is there another way? Really pleased to have joining us once again on the program, Jay Evenson from the Deseret News. Uh, Jay, you wrote a great piece uh, on California's ban on gas-powered cars. Uh, tell us, what is the what is it? What are they really saying? And then let's start getting into what the downstream or long-term consequences might be. Yeah, consequences should should be preceded by the word unintended. <laughs> unintended consequences is what we're talking about here. But this was. Um, as often is the case in these types of things, this was an unelected board. It's the California Air Resources Board, and they uh, passed a rule uh, that said uh, by the year 2035, um, it will be illegal to sell any uh, new gas-powered vehicles in the state of California. You can still buy old gas-powered uh, cars if you, if you like, but all new cars will have to be uh, electronic or in some other way leave no uh, carbon footprint uh, in, in uh, how they are uh, powered. Uh, and this, this will phase in gradually. I don't have all the figures in front of me, but it begins in 2026. A certain percentage have to be sold that way, and then it, it increases up to 100% in 2035. Now, it's interesting. If you look um, nationally last year, 4.4% of the car was an electronic vehicle. So there's a, there's a big gap between where we are and, and 100%. Now, California was a little bit higher. I believe it was about 14%, 16%, somewhere in there. Still a long ways off. And so uh, this poses a whole bunch of problems. And I get into specifically how it empowers China. Um, but we have a, a lot of other problems to deal with before then. Number one, having enough charging stations in order to... Uh, support that kind of uh, thing. Um, and um, uh, it's expensive. The average uh, electronic vehicle car is about $66,000. And that's after all the government rebates and incentives. Uh, and so uh, is this just going to be rich people who can afford to drive? Are the poor people going to have to use old gas cars? Well, turn into kind of like Cuba, where people will be keeping their gas cars going because they can't afford to buy anything else. Right. There are a whole lot of unanswered questions here. Yeah, I, I think that's so interesting to look at. You know, one, will that mean that we'll actually hold on to cars uh, that are not efficient, that might uh, be doing much more damage in, in terms of the environment uh, because of that policy? So people are going to hold on and buy and sell used cars forever and ever. Uh, but uh, but I want to dive specifically into this China element. Uh, you quoted uh, former ambassador to China from the U.S., John Huntsman Jr., who uh, talked about the Chinese strategy in terms of forcing the world to come to them uh, when it comes to electronic vehicles. Yeah, you know, I was at a uh, China summit that uh, Utah Valley University hosted a couple of months ago. Uh, the World Trade Center Utah put this on, and they had uh, – former ambassador, former Utah governor, John Huntsman Jr. there. And I was able to get a, uh, a private interview with him, and we talked about this a little bit. And he said uh, China's strategy is, is to try to make the world beholden to them for various important things. 
and, and there are a number of reasons why you, why you want to do that. And one of them is that I guess uh, the hope is that we will begin to overlook things that they're doing, some of their human rights problems, because we will need certain things. Uh, kind of the way uh, we've sort of overlooked things in the Middle East with Saudi Arabia and other countries because we needed gas and oil. Um, and um, China has systematically, and, and companies that, that are in China, have systematically begun buying up the resources that are needed for electronic vehicle batteries, like cobalt, for example. Um, many of the mines in, in uh, Africa that mine cobalt are owned by Chinese concerns. And so, um, and there are some large companies in China making these batteries now. There's one with the acronym CATL, and they produce for a lot of General Motors cars, BMW, Volkswagen, a, a lot of those uh, companies, major car manufacturers. So if you're if you're going to force us into the electronic vehicle world before the market is really ready for it, you could be playing right into China's hands. Yeah, it almost becomes just a, a different form of uh, of OPEC. Uh, other than this is only one nation that would have uh, the real leverage point in terms of all of the components, in terms of those uh, batteries and electric vehicles. Uh, it seems to me that uh, there are some components of this that ought to be decided not by a, an unelected board, uh, but at minimum should be uh, decided by those who have to face the voters in elections on a regular basis. Exactly. And I guess ultimately Governor Newsom will have to face those voters. But it's it's a real indirect path from him to uh, this board. Um, former Governor Huntsman um, uh, told me that he thinks we need the best and brightest in this country to step up and to start thinking about some of these things. We need to start getting ahead of the curve. I think we can all see that the world is going toward electronic vehicles. And in America, uh, and I think it's a virtue, we, we tend to sit back and let the, uh, uh, the free market deal with these issues, uh, which, which is the most efficient and best way to do it. The problem is when you have an actor like China in the mix, <clears throat> and they, uh, they are using other methods to try to corner the market, uh, then, then you have to rethink the strategy and, and, and turn this into kind of a, a national campaign to try to find ways to uh, to make sure some of those things are manufactured in this country. And to do that, there are a lot of uh, environmental concerns about mining some of these things. So there are a lot of rare earths that are used in important electronics that we have. And one of the reasons China is a, is a leader in that is because they don't have the environmental rules that we do, and they're able to pollute in order to mine these things cheaply. And so uh, we will, we have to figure out ways around that in this country so that we can mine those things here uh, and, and not be so dependent on them. Yeah, great insight as always. Uh, Jay, anything else we should be watching for uh, just in the, in the uh, months ahead in terms of how this might play out, both as it relates to California, but again, kind of that broader conversation? Well, a number of states, I think it's 16 or 17 states, generally follow California when it comes to uh, air quality and emissions rules. Uh, the federal government has given California waivers to allow them to, to do things that are more stringent than what Washington uh, requires. So you may see 15, 16 or more states come on board with this same type of a ban by 2035. And that may really force uh, uh, 
a lot of auto manufacturers to to move in this direction. The concern is that we're moving too fast, and, and we need to find ways to make sure that we're competitive as a nation moving into this new this new world. Uh, great insight as always, Jay Evenson from the Deseret News. Thanks so much for joining us. Great piece, uh, and uh, we'll continue to watch this one as it all rolls forward. All right, that wraps up our number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. When we come back, we're going to look at the interconnected lives of Queen Elizabeth and Mikhail Gorbachev. Former Ronald Reagan advisor Stephen Stutter is going to join us at 2.05 after top of the hour news.